Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Beyond the Optics podcast with your host Tulip Nandu. I'm a computational biologist at UT Southwestern Medical Center, an avid traveler, a blogger, and now a podcast host. Similar to my role as a researcher, which expects me to take an in-depth look at the projects I'm working on, I'm also curious to go beyond the optics for everything that is happening around and to leverage that knowledge to challenge the status quo and think from a different perspective. This podcast is an attempt by me to put the information out there and spark a curiosity amongst the listeners to go beyond the optics and not take the material they are fed at face value. Hello listeners and welcome to the first episode of the year and it's befitting to talk about money, economics and what the future holds for India from the macroeconomics perspective for this upcoming year and in the 5 to 10 years time horizon. In this episode we would specifically discuss the last full budget presented on February 1st 2023 by Mrs Nirmala Sitharaman before India heads for the 2024 general elections. For discussing the key takeaways from the budget and looking at the economic growth of India I have with me Mr Chetan Joshi who is the director of Mondial MMX Financial a Mumbai based life goal planning and multi financial product distribution firm. Chetan has more than 2 decades of experience in financial field and more than 21 years of experience on the technology front. He is one of the rare breed of persons to have deep knowledge and hands-on experience in the field of finance and technology. I hope you'll enjoy this episode. Good evening today we have the financial expert talking to us about the current budget that was relayed to us by the finance minister Mrs. Taraman and he will talk to us about the budget too and also how the economic prospects of India going into the future like 5 to 10 years down the line are. So welcome Chetan and what do you if you can give us a brief introduction of what you do and who you are just for the audience thank you dilip i am mohan joshi from mondel mmx financial we are 23 years experience multi financial product backed operating from mumbai the financial capital of india we got a clientele in all the major cities of the country and many countries of the world and we are so excited that we are living in india where the next decade is going to be a good growth story for our country the current budget of 2023 has strengthened the path for the growth okay. for india with respect to that then let's get into the budget so just leaving aside the technicalities of the budget every common man in india or across the world an indian who is who wants to invest in india would ask the primary question what's in it for me what's in it for the common man so if you can put a light on that that would be great sure what i'm going to do now is tell you what are the major highlights of the current budget and how india is going to benefit from that and how indian can take a benefit of that growth of india so here are the few pointer first thing is a capital expenditure budget year 2019 it was 3 lakh 10000 crore and now it is expected to be 10 lakh 50000 crore now that means is a whooping increase of 3.5 times in just 
five years. This capital expenditure will assure that there is going to be a great infrastructure push to support the economy, which will also result in a very high job creation. Not only for that, the budget allocation for railway has been 2,40,000 crore. Just to give you a perspective, last year it was 77,000 crore. So that also almost 3.5 times than a previous year. All this will assure a great infrastructure getting created to the country, which is a base for a solid growth for the country. Not only to that, there is a great reforms which is happening on a direct taxes. So income tax li limit has been getting increased. Because of that, it is expected to leave a better money in the hand of upper middle class and wealthy people as the tax rate has been nicely decreased. Also, it gives us a tone that in future, there can be a better taxation rate coming, which will have more money in the hands of the people. The compliances also are getting reduced as the limit for compliances are getting increased drastically. All this without increasing much of a budget deficit, which will assure that government is having a very good finance. And that's why the borrowing is not being increased. And that the government doesn't increase much of a borrowing limit and able to meet a very heavy capital expenditure from the tax collection that is a healthy sign of the government finances. This can lead to a lower cost of the essential items, resulting in lowering of the inflation, resulting in lowering of the interest rate, resulting in increasing of the profitability of the corporate. This is the link which will assure that individual to the corporate can have a better profitability, which is growth for the country. Regarding the CapEx expenditure and all, like a basic question is, if the taxation has not increased, where does this money come from for the government to expend? I know you, you put a brief light on like the borrowing has not been increased. So is it from the previous finances or how, how does this exactly work? I'll explain you. Previously, the number of people who were filing tax and paying income tax were less. And that number has almost doubled. Mm. And with a newer tax rate, they are planning to increase the number of people who is filing tax and thereby paying taxes. Those are direct taxes. But there is a great increase in collection happening on indirect taxes. After introduction of GST, the tax collection has been very nicely and steadily increasing. So indirect tax increase collection and direct tax collection increase will assure that government will have more money in their hand to fund the CapEx expenditure they want to do this. Okay. 
Yeah. That's with respect to the government. So for the end consumer, say like, you know, if I'm living a day-to-day -day normal life and, you know, all this infrastructure, yes, I get the facilities out of it. But say at the end of the day, what I'm more concerned about is the how much income I'm saving to do multiple things. And so can you put a brief highlight on how would that change, say, if I'm making X income versus I'm making Y income? Or like, will I be doing more savings when the government reduces the tax slab? So I'll explain you how mm. the thing is working nowadays, how mm. the shift in Indian shift mindset India. is happening. Yeah. First thing is, there is a much better job stability and there is a much better pay scale than what it was before. Okay. The ratio of the upper middle class is increasing very steadily. More and more people are shifting from a poverty to the lower middle class from a lower middle class to upper middle class and to the wealthy list. Because the businesses are happening nicely, the talent are getting rewarded handsomely. That assures that people are having good amount of money in their hand. And this results in the spending also good, good amount of money to live a better lifestyle. Let me give you just one example real estate on a real estate after covid majority of the people are upgrading their houses yeah so from a one bedroom they are going to two bedroom to three bedroom or four bedroom everybody is upgrading and most of the upgradation is happening to the newer construction yeah. everybody wants an amenities they are ready to pay higher price for the maintenance but they want a better amenities, which is a clear indication of people are having higher disposable income in their hand and they're ready to spend for that. Like this, the branded clothes, the electronic yeah. item, all those luxuries are easily getting adopted and people are spending money towards that to procure that. Correct. You have a best of education available, which is coming at a high price. Yeah. And more and more people are opting for that. Yeah. You will see lots of people traveling abroad. They are Indians. Yeah. Yeah. If you see an Indian airport, they have become like a bus stand. Yeah. Huge crowd. Means lots of Indians have started traveling by air. Yeah. Previously, it was a train which was a standard mode yeah. of transport. Now it has become an air travel. All those things means people are having a better income and they are trying to have a better lifestyle. They have also understood the benefit of savings because Indians generally yeah, save, save more. Yeah. Yeah. So typically 25% of the household income is they are comfortably saving. And the best part is previous, previously the investment used to happen on a fixed deposit kind of a product okay. or a government instrument kind of a okay. product. Nowadays, the shift is happening to new age instruments like equities. Yeah. And that people who were investing in a physical gold, now they are ready to invest into government gold bond. Okay. So money gets invested okay. to the economy instead yeah. of lying in the locker. locker. Correct. People are more open for this now. Yeah.
because mm-hmm. of the much higher level of understanding, understanding. of the product product correct yes so if would this be a right assessment that regarding the income and the the velocity of the money that is in the market that's increasing so that results in a much better not only for the end consumer but also for the government to you know collect more taxes on the amenities that people use be it the travel be it air travel be it be it the other products that they buy so more the money is in the system the more the government also benefits out of it plus the end user gets the benefit out of the 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 product that they are using is would that be a correct correct assessment absolutely right hmm. people are nowadays spending money Sorry. more investing money other than gold and property that assure that there is a much higher circulation of money in the right. economy yes which results in a higher direct indirect tax collection yeah. and that's the indication of gst collection rising very steadily now once the income and the saving has been taken care of let's say the next and the the major topic even for you is is the investment part of it so where do you see india growing and as an nri or as an indian living there how do you see the potential of india for the next 10 5 10 years even 15 years for the investment purposes and also for the economy in general how do you foresee it so we believe that next decade is going to be a phenomenal growth decade for india and for a indian or for that matter nri it is a great time for you to create a wealth through investment in right asset in india don't miss the bus next decade because of the infrastructure push because of government initiative because of the business growing well the growth is going to be multiplication effect and that, that multiplication effect can easily be seen in your portfolio if you invest into a right asset class one of them can be equity so it's not a short term game but yeah on a 10 year time horizon india is a place for one to invest and benefit from the huge growth potential with respect to the initial investment if somebody wants to just start like say he is a professional just starting i'll i'll break down into three things if the first category is i'm an individual not married yet but i've just got a job and i'm starting my career so what do you think what would be the first step you know for him to invest or start investing in what would be your suggestion the person who is a start of the career has to first make sure that he has got sufficient protection in terms of sufficient health coverages and a life coverage once the protection part is taken care then it is a time for him to start walking on a path of prosperity and he can add nice ratio of equity and a debt to his portfolio there is something called asset allocation which ideally one should follow not only the beginning of the career but for the entire career initially he can have a higher allocation towards equity because he's starting his investment cycle and equity on a long term gives a very good return so maybe 70 80% of the corpus goes to equity and another 20 30% goes to a debt would be a right mixer for him he can avoid 
buying a property and locking himself to EMI on an initial stage. Once for five years, he has created a sufficient financial assets. Then for the purpose of consumption, he can get into a property and the EMI can start. But starting a regular inflow to equity and a certain portion going to debt would be a right asset allocation strategy for him. Okay. So the second category is my initial career went into say building the emergency or at least the, the life and even, you know, enjoying say, you know, I've got my first job. I've started enjoying, I've not had much savings. Now I have married, I've, you know, I'm married and I have kids. So what would be the, say I'm starting at that life stage what would be my what would be your advice for those three of people who are married and having kids what would be the first step to investment so as your responsibility increases like now you have a wife and you have a children you have to go on revisiting your protection to see to it that you have a sufficient protection matching to your income once that has been taken care then you have to start noting down all your life goals and have to start investing to match the return maturity of your investment on the year when you need the money. So once you have a kids, you will realize that what age of the kids you require money for their education, their higher education, their university education. Accordingly, you can start making a provision to receive the money when you actually need for their education. So life goal, identification is more priority and then identification of the suitable instrument to fulfill the life goal is a right methodology. Again, if your time origin is five years, seven years and 10 years, higher allocation of equity would be the best thing available. In that, if there are certain instrument which gives you tax advantage to fulfill your life goal, those should be considered first so that you get a tax benefits and also you get a return on investment and get the money on time when you need the most. So there, your risk-taking capacity might come down because now you are trying to create a corpus to match your goal. It is very important for you to get the desired money on your required time than to get the highest possible return on your portfolio. So return of capital is more important than return on capital. Hence, one has to moderate the risk, which is sufficient enough to generate a reasonable return to give the money on time. That should be the strategy. So, and for the third and the final category of people, say I've missed the bus for both of those categories and I'm in my, say, 40s, late 40s or 50s even. Would there be any chance of me building wealth at that later stage of the career or of life? And what do you suggest for people who are like in their 50s and down there? So any, any you know suggestions for them too? Wealth creation has got one very interesting formula. How much you invest is not that important compared to how long do you invest. So if you invest very early in your career, 
you have to save very less to get a very big corpus. But if you start less, and if you start late, then you are bound to get very less corpus. So people who has missed the bus has to be very, very careful about their money management. And now, because it is very less amount of time, they will have to not only invest more, they will have to invest in a perfect right asset class to get the highest risk adjusted return for them. They cannot afford to be lazy with their money. money. Correct. So it's very important for them to manage the money very aggressively and every financial decision they take, they have to take it fast and without any delay. Got it. So for all the three categories, if people want to contact you and in, in, to summarize everything, what would you tell them? Like, you know, how would they approach you and invest in, in the products that you have or also in India in general? Like, what would be your final thoughts? So if you really want to reduce your risk and still have a better risk-adjusted return, then maybe we would be the right person to help you with that. You can reach out to me on my phone or an email ID. And then we can set up an online call and we can take the thing further. Only thing which you want to say that earning is an outcome of judicial asset allocation. If you do your asset allocation, stick to your life goal, have a confidence on your journey, then you're bound to create a right amount of wealth coming to you at the right time. All what you need is for you to take a leap of faith. Awesome. And continue on your journey. Yes. Thank you so much, Chetan. And it was wonderful talking to you. And hopefully we get some insights on not only the development India is making, but also you know, the development we can make as an individual in, in terms of the finances and take advantage of the economic growth that India is, is doing right now and probably in the future too. So thank you so much for, for taking time out. And, and giving us those insights. Thank you, Tulip. It was really nice talking to you. Thank you so much for staying till the end and listening to the podcast. I hope you have enjoyed as much as I have bringing it to you. Please share it with your family and friends who would want to use this information to challenge the status quo and think from a different perspective. For more bite-sized information, follow me on Twitter at Tulip S. Nandu. And to receive interesting take on current topics, subscribe to my newsletter at tulip.substack.com. Until next time, go beyond the optics, friends.